Welcome to Pivot Point. My name is Michael Neal, and I work at a school in Tennessee called Vanderbilt University. It's basically my job to learn with and from some of the most thoughtful, ambitious, and impactful individuals who have come through Vanderbilt's leadership and learning in organizations doctoral program. Before earning a doctorate, these leaders partner with an organization, conduct a research project in that organization, and offer evidence-based recommendations that make a positive impact. We call this a capstone project. This is a show about how some of the most dynamic capstones were constructed and carried out, and the particular pivot points that made the project, but could have broken it. Just being true to the process in terms of really allowing student voice to be the center of it all. I don't regret that. I think that that was the right decision because it led to so many other things. In this episode, I talk with Dr. Lakita McKinney, who partnered on her capstone project with All in Milwaukee, a comprehensive college completion and career placement program. In the interview, notice the way that Lakita made some significant decisions about what data was needed to best speak to the problem that All in Milwaukee faced and how she decided to prioritize the voices of students in the investigation. Let's get to the interview so Lakita can tell you more. Hi, my name is Dr. Lakita Little McKinney, and I currently serve as the Senior Director at Leading Elephants, which is a consulting firm whose mission is basically to transform the way leaders at social impact organizations work. Um, We really look at helping leaders and supporting them with leading with a balance of like clarity, compassion, and conviction. How did you get into that work, Dr. McKinney? So I started this role post-doctorate, hmm. and I came into this role, honestly, as a result of the work from my capstone. It just really allows me the opportunity to um, infuse the things that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. creating environments where people can thrive and be the best version of themselves. And Leading Elephants as an organization allows me to really convert my passion for developing leaders and my commitment to equitable and inclusive workspaces Mm -hmm. into supports for other leaders. And so it is a, just the convergence of what I feel like is my purpose in life, my passion in terms of the work that I get a chance to engage in, Mm. and really just to support other leaders on their journey to create environments where people can just really thrive no matter what their identity is. Kind of give us the helicopter ride over your project. You might just want to start with the organization and its problem. So my partner organization was All in Milwaukee, and All in Milwaukee is a comprehensive college completion and career placement program that supports first-generation Black and Brown students. And so they partnered with several colleges in the state of Wisconsin. And at the time of the capstone, I think the organization was being more proactive versus reactive to problems. Um, They were going into their third year of existence of having a cohort of program scholars. And as they were preparing to really like scale impact, they wanted to understand the experiences that their program scholars were having at these partner colleges and universities. Um, Ultimately, the the organization was created to make sure that program scholars are able to successfully matriculate and graduate from college. And so understanding what those barriers were to completion was incredibly important. It's not enough to just 
provide access, like to get students in the door, but how do you keep them once they have enrolled? Like, how do you ensure that they have successful matriculation? So at the time of the capstone, they only had freshmen and sophomore. They were going into another cohort, so they would have freshmen, sophomore, and junior. And so again, they were being very proactive to make sure that based upon the national data, like it's no secret that although black and brown students are definitely gaining access to college at greater numbers, the matriculation and completion rate uh, definitely lags behind white counterparts, particularly when students are attending school at predominantly white institutions. And so trying to understand what are those barriers to completion um, was the problem of practice, so to speak, that we were, were solving for. You could have come at this in a number of different ways in terms of helping them understand, you know, challenges around completion and matriculation and completion. Um, And you decided to really center this on student experience and not just student experience, but student voice in particular. Uh, And you focused on bringing that out. Can you talk a little bit about what was it that – caused you to make that decision that you really wanted to focus on student voice and why? In order to really, so in order to even answer the questions from the research study, I needed to understand student experience. I wanted to create space for student voice to be centered. I wanted to amplify their voice. I wanted to create space for their voice to be heard in spaces where they felt like their voice was either silenced or, or ignored. Mm. And the best way to capture student experience was like, I used a lot of like direct quotes from my, my interviews. And after my first interview, I, and the, the, the young man literally, I can still envision like our time together and the things that he said and the way he was very open about his experience it just, there was just something in me that said, you have to use this opportunity to be able to elevate and center student experiences in a way that might not just be the, I guess, the conventional way of approaching a capstone. But I almost felt that it was my responsibility and duty to really help all in Milwaukee understand what their program scholars were experiencing so that they could be informed as they were continuing to develop this program, mm. as they were continuing to prepare um, to scale impact of the program as well. Mm. That It's funny when you say it's not like you had a sense that it was not the typical capstone or not maybe what other people were thinking of when they said capstone. What was it? What did you what do you mean by that? Like what what do you think of as the typical capstone as compared to what you were starting to envision? I mean, like very honestly, even Myself, I struggled with imposter syndrome in some ways, even as I was completing my program at Vanderbilt, Mm. because I felt like I needed to fit into a certain mold of what previous capstones, like Mm -hmm. how were they organized? What did they feature? What were the methodologies and Mm -hmm. what were the conceptual frameworks that were used? Mm -hmm. And again, I think everything that I tried to do professionally and personally is typically tied to purpose. Mm. And I had to, and of course, I would say with a very strong encouragement from Dr. Eve Rifkin Mm -hmm. around why do you feel the need to have to fit into a certain box or a certain style of doing things? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the conversation that I had with her really liberated me to allow the research to take me where it was going to take Mm -hmm. me 
And to be true to who I felt that I was as, again, as a scholar mm-hmm. practitioner, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to provide an opportunity to center student experience in a way that I had not necessarily seen it done before. Right. But in a way that I knew would A, be impactful for the students because they, they felt heard, mm-hmm. they felt seen, they felt validated in their experience. Mm-hmm. Um, also to help all in Milwaukee as an organization. But also sometimes they felt like when they talked to their university, like because their students there, when they would try to extend their voice, they didn't feel like they were heard. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel like their feelings were validated or there was this press for all this addition, all these additional data points to prove what they were experiencing. They were in fact experiencing. Mm. And so I wanted to validate their experiences and center their voice in a way that I felt like was just authentic to who I am Mm -hmm. as a person Mm -hmm. and as a professional and someone who is an advocate and champion for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging Mm -hmm. and centering student voice was really the, only way I felt I could do that and do it justice. How how did you decide who you were going to, or did you just kind of take who would talk to you? I did a survey Mm -hmm. with all of the program scholars in all in Milwaukee. And so then from there, so it gave me a sense of like just the overall feeling around belonging. Mm -hmm. I reached out to those students, explained to them what I was doing, um, really made sure that they understood that, this was really for them. Like they were the end user. I know that I am pursuing this this degree, but like you're the end user. I'm really doing this for you. And I really want to hear from you. I had students who um, identified as Latinx, Asian, like. They're like, somebody wants to listen to me. Yes. <laughs> and students were all over it. And so, and also I was really surprised how open mm. and honest mm. they were during the interviews and they, I mean, they tugged at my heart mm. during times of the interviews. I tr- found, found ways to like connect them to other professional colleagues mm-hmm. of mine. If there was something that came up that I felt like could be helpful mm-hmm. for them. And so I really became attached to their stories and to their experiences. And again, I, I the only way to do that justice was to make sure that mm. I brought their voice into the process, I brought their voice into the actual report. Mm -hmm. Their voice was represented in my presentation. Mm -hmm. And I felt that that was true to what I had promised to them. And what kinds of things did you ask them? I know you don't have the interview protocol right there, but what were some of the kinds of questions that you asked them that really, that um, opened up this space for them to, to speak on the issues you were hoping they would? I asked them around. um, So of course they, came into the All of Milwaukee program, mm-hmm. like they understood um, what the organization was going to require of them. They understood that they needed to um, choose from like university partners, like they understood like those parameters. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, if you could, if you could do it again, mm-hmm. right? Or if you can like go to school for free and it didn't, you didn't have like this list of, of schools, like what would you choose? Would you have chosen that school again? Mm-hmm. And so just to hear some of their stories around. And I think that that was where like the one quote that just stayed with me was around like this education was, was free, but there was a cost. Mm. Like I paid a price for this free education. Mm. So free really was not free for me. Um, And just to hear, and students were were happy about it because they did not want to seem ungrateful because 
you get to graduate from college, like right. seemingly debt free. Yeah. But I think it was just like understanding how they had to negotiate their identity in certain spaces that put a damper on what should have been and what could be a very fulfilling college experience. Um, like that question just garnered a lot of, of reaction um, from students just asking how did they feel like when they were in class amongst other students. Mm-hmm. And I was like to hear them talk about they were happy that we were in a pandemic because they didn't have to come to class to face people. Mm. Um, they only had to deal with these microaggressions over Zoom, mm. which felt a little bit more palatable versus if they were in person. And mm. just just to hear some of um, some of their responses. Mm. Um, and like I said, they, they were very open um, to the questions I did ask. Just to hear what I go through mm. on a daily basis mm. and how does that impact my ability to be able to thrive in this environment. Mm. I think that they were really relieved that someone even cared Mm. and would carry their voice Mm -hmm. um, in a way that may change the outcomes for them. And all of Milwaukee does a phenomenal job with the program and and, and with the program scholars. But I think it's that tension between like we are the the, the program that helps support students Mm -hmm. through matriculation Mm -hmm but we don't have direct oversight necessarily over these university partners that we work with. But as I share with them, like through this process, actually you do have agency because you're, you're helping them. Like yeah. you, as you bring in students, you are helping them with their diversity numbers, right. hold them accountable mm-hmm. for just more than just bringing students in the door. How can we hold you accountable? How are you going to care for students once we commit them to your universities. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, having that conversation has helped. And I guess we'll at some point talk about the recommendations yes. and which ones they have used. But I think that that was a, a turning point in some ways for them to look at it. Like, actually, you do have some agency mm. as you're partnering with, with these universities to, to care for the students once you commit them to these partner mm-hmm. colleges and universities. And can have some expectations, some high expectations. Absolutely. Yeah. Not just of the students, Absolutely. but also of the university. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And and make them to make universities honor because yes. sometimes in higher we don't honor um data that's not numerical, mm-hmm. right? But like honor the data from we have tons of quotes from students who are attending these universities. Yep. How do you bring their voice into the space? How do you validate their experiences and how do we hold you accountable for expectations for their experiences while they're there. Yes. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Lakita talks more about how she designed the survey and interview protocols to draw out student experiences. This is Pivot Point, and I'm Michael Neal. Let's get back to our interview with Lakita McKinney. But I also interviewed the All in Milwaukee staff as well because mm-hmm. I really wanted to to, to know. Um, I wanted to understand like how the organization thought about their their program mm-hmm. and their practices and, and policies, and how are they thinking about the intentional supports that were necessary for their program scholars, but also what were those accountability pieces had they even thought about 
as it related to colleges and, and universities. So the data gathering was also very intentional. Like I said, I started out with a, a survey of all of the students, but then had an opportunity to interview students. Some lasted for an hour, some were like an hour and a mm-hmm. half. And then I interviewed at the time, all of the staff who were part of all of Milwaukee. And at that time, I think there were only like four mm-hmm. um, staff members, but again, they continue to, I think that, from the beginning, I wanted to be purposeful. From the beginning, I wanted to be, I wanted this to be more than just um, a completed report, a check in the box as a part mm-hmm. of the graduation requirement. Mm-hmm. And after the first interview, I think I resolved within myself that this is not so much about me, but it is about mm-hmm. them, right? And so how do I in some ways, let go of all the things that I thought this was supposed to be to allow what their experience in it, what their experience is, what I'm learning from them to now become like my North Star in how I approach this work. What I'm seeking to like ultimately understand in this process, then the student experience has to be the lead voice. Yep. Their experience has to be the North Star in terms of determining what are those necessary steps for me as I continue to go through this process? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like there was there would have been no other way for me to be able to engage in this work yeah. without allowing their voice to be front and center. Yes. Um, without allowing their voice to inform how do I make recommendations? Mm-hmm. What do I think about even the structure of the report itself? Where do I use quotes? Which quotes do I use? Mm-hmm. Like, I really mm-hmm. wanted anyone who read my capstone to understand and hear from students. Like, yes. I won't call their names out, but I wanted them, like, I had certain students in mind, certain, like, sound bites from our interviews that were just impressed upon me, like, permanently. Mm-hmm. I wanted other people, you know, whether you read it three years later or whatever the case may be, I wanted them to be able to literally, like, envision a student saying what I was trying to say. Let me go back and ask you this. The um, You did the survey. I'm curious, was there was there anything that emerged from the survey findings that was um, particular to the survey findings? Um, or did the survey findings and the interviews really dovetail in terms of what you were hearing? They really dovetailed. Um, the, the survey just allowed me to see because I – as I was looking at the survey responses, I did disaggregate it between like those who were freshmen, mm-hmm. those who were sophomores. So those experiences were a little different. We were also talking about where you were in terms of entering college during the pandemic. And so I think that I was able to see some trends within the survey data that I wanted to pressure test in the interview space yep. so that I did, did not make any assumptions around what responses meant. Yes, And so the the survey allowed me to to hear a collective voice from all of the students because we had like a very high percentage of students who completed mm-hmm. it. But the interviews allowed me to pressure test some of what was kind of emerging mm-hmm. from those survey results to really, again, just more deeply understand student experience, which, of course, varied if you were a, a, a black male yep or a black female or a Latinx male or Latinx female, if you identified as, as straight or you were some, so like mm-hmm. all of those identity like aspects played a part in mm-hmm. it, um, which I, I, I'm glad that I did take the time yep. to have 
intense, intentional interviews with students. And even like my interview questions, like I had a protocol that I, that I followed, but sometimes students would say things that I would like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. we need to kind of veer down this path. And I'm wondering if this is something that I didn't even consider and I need to talk about this um, in future interviews. And so again, like really being open and true to the process in terms of allowing the student experiences to be my guide. Yes. So I want you to talk a little bit more about your findings and let's just go through them one by one. So the, this, the first finding that like what you heard from the students was it was a, it's, it is a triumph. It is, it is hard work, even though, you know, the bill is paid, the tuition is paid or the whatever is paid. Uh, Can you talk a little more about that finding one in terms of what you found there? Mm -hmm. And so students talk just a lot about, um, what it requires of them to persist. They feel the pressure of their community. They feel that they are responsible for helping to kind of turn the tide within their family Mm. as it relates to like poverty Mm. and and providing opportunities. So they felt a lot of responsibility. They were very proud of the fact that they were the first in their family to, to go away to college. So like, it's this, um, it's, it's that it's the pride, it's the responsibility that's the triumph. Like I'm doing the thing that people said that I could not do, but then it's like coupled with these challenges that I have to, to to be able to negotiate in the space, whether that's like in the space of the school, whether it's in the space of trying to understand who I am within my program major, because like, that's also a thing depending on what major you are, your experience might be a little bit different. Um, so I'm negotiating like those aspects. Um, and so it's like this 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 constant balance of like triumph and, and challenge. Yes. And I'm constantly like negotiating within this space. We might just say a typical PWI student, they're, like mm-hmm. they're narrating a lot of work that uh, that typical students are not doing. That a lot of it had doesn't have anything to do with like quote being a college student. No. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the academic. <laughs> it's like negoti- it's like negotiating walking across Mm. campus and all eyes are on me or I get, you know, if I'm walking within the community near my campus, Mm. does the person clutch their purse or Mm. they cross the street? Like it's, it's the microaggressions. I'm trying to speak up in class Mm. and my ideas are ignored, but someone repeats the same idea and it's validated. Mm. It's like negotiating all of those. We haven't even started to talk about Mm -hmm. the act. Yeah. Succeeding and now like trigonometry or whatever. Right. Correct. Like, yes. Calculate what what are we talking? We haven't even gotten there mm-hmm. yet. Because this is just for me to wake up and show up mm. in a space. Yes. Like all that it takes for me to do those things before I can even get to the real purpose of why I'm here. Mm. So talk to me a little bit about the um this second finding that all in Milwaukee, um you talked about a little bit about this earlier, but just like there wasn't a a strong sense of I don't know what you what do you call it responsibility accountability from the partners that yeah you know, that they were really hearing these voices and taking them seriously. Mm-hmm. I would both mm-hmm. and right. It's it's what are the does the partner feel like they have a responsibility? That's a and then b. How do we hold them accountable mm-hmm. to to that level of responsibility? So. Finding two is really around how can, again, because all in Milwaukee does not necessarily control or have a, a, a controlling stake in the university partners, but how can you create 
intentional opportunities for like relationship building mm. among students, um, community building among students that will help them to feel like, can you help guide these students mm. in creating these kind of counter spaces, so to speak, in order for them to feel connected at each of these partner mm-hmm. universities? Because you only deal with a, a small number of partner universities. You have multiple students who are part of the All in Milwaukee program within these universities. Mm-hmm. How can you create like these many ecosystems mm-hmm. to help students to feel more connected, more attached, and more like they have a sense of, of belonging. So this third finding um, that that students are report receiving a ton of support from their uh, various communities that they're a mm-hmm. part of, but also that there's some tension there. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. And so, so again, we're talking about first-generation college students. So there's this tension between if I – if I am a college student now, mm-hmm. what does that mean for my home community and, and family, mm-hmm. right? Do I have to completely like disassociate myself from, from home mm-hmm. in order to be successful here? Is my culture and all the various aspects of my culture welcomed mm-hmm. here? Do I feel like I have to assimilate or can I just be who I mm-hmm. am in all of the glory of the, the rich culture that I bring mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's this negotiation between responsibilities at, at home and I feel guilty because I'm away at school mm-hmm. or if I have more education than my parents, mm-hmm. like, what does that mean for me? And so, again, but still have a lot of support from family yep. because they are super excited that I'm here. They can, they see the potential for what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but they also have never walked this path before. So like, how do you support families in understanding, I can't come home every weekend to every family mm-hmm. gathering because perhaps my weekends are needed for studying. Mm-hmm. But if I am a family who's new to having a, a sibling or a child in college, I may not know that. And so I may put undue pressure on them to maintain the types of relationships perhaps that we had before mm-hmm. or maintain this responsibilities that I had before. And so sometimes students had those kinds of tensions that they also had to, to grapple with. Yes. The fourth finding was a, was around, was it around the focus of university partners? All in Milwaukee is definitely doing a service Mm -hmm. for these partner universities by being able to bring in diverse students into the population, being able to provide scholarship dollars Mm -hmm. to, to support these students but it's more than just access. How are you holding university partners accountable for the experiences mm-hmm. that students are having? Mm-hmm. Because they're, the students are attending these, these universities every day. Yep. All in Milwaukee has you know regular programming, but the onus is really on university partners. And how do you leverage who you are as an organization, meaning All in Milwaukee, to say, if universities are not willing... Yep to be responsible and accountable to the experiences that our program scholars are having, Mm -hmm. what becomes the next step if you want to think about perhaps we don't send as many students Mm -hmm. to this particular university or we sever this partnership altogether Mm -hmm. and we explore other partnership opportunities. And so being really intentional about that, but you can't make those kinds of decisions if you don't know what students are actually experiencing right. and you don't have ways in which to capture data around that, that you could use 
in a step back conversation yep. with university partner to change practice or provide additional support or whatever the, the case may be. But you have to have some data in which that you can work from yep. to make those decisions. Okay. And that, that goes perfectly into the recommendation. So to talk a little bit about what you told all in Milwaukee, um, you've felt like next steps were. I wanted them to think about just the enhancement of the scope and sequence of their program scholar workshops because they have these workshops um, starting in the summer and then they have them dispersed throughout the school year. And so thinking about how you can enhance those workshops by really thinking about the social, emotional and cultural needs of program scholars. Um, so that was the first recommendation. Um, the second one was requiring some sort of like journey partner, mm. um, another student who's at the same university to have that sense of community, somebody I can call on. If I've had like a really rough day, I can't necessarily call the uh, my program advisor from all in Milwaukee, but I need someone mm -hmm. to like either help me decompress from the day or help to unpack an experience I've had. Mm -hmm. But just having like that person, like your person on campus that you can go to. Mm. Um, the third one was just around a parent engagement component. Again, we're talking about first generation college students. And as a parent, this is new for me mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what could all of Milwaukee potentially do to support parents on this journey to really inform them and be, in a, be intentional about that? Mm -hmm. um, the other one was um, having program scholars to actively engage in some sort of social action or advocacy project so that they understand that they do have a voice and how can we collectively bring our voices together to impact change on these college campuses um, and really to also help to create like more meaningful like intergroup interactions mm. with them as well because they have their own like they can start their own coalition building mm -hmm. amongst program scholars mm -hmm. um and really leave leave their mark on these universities and then of course the the final recommendation was centered around all in milwaukee incorporating some sort of accountability reports um with the step back meetings that they have typically with their college and university partner liaisons that are assigned and really determine how are you going to hold them accountable for student experience outside of admittance and enrollment? Because like those are the th those are the data points that we love to tell. Mm -hmm. How many are admitted and how many are enrolled? <laughs> we don't talk as much about like matriculation mm -hmm. rates or experience, but those things are important um, as well. What uh, when you think about the the work that you did for them, um, and you you think you think back on this project. Um, mm -hmm. Are, are there pieces of this process where you look back and say, all right, that was, I'm really, I'm really glad I did that that way. I think the, there's two things that come to mind right off. Mm -hmm. And I think the first was just being true to the process in terms of really allowing student voice to mm -hmm. be the center of it yep. all. I don't regret that. I think that that was the right decision because it led to so many other things mm -hmm. Um, I think the, the other piece was when I first engaged with all in Milwaukee, I, I had a sense of like, here's some things that we could explore together because we had a conversation about mm -hmm. it. And I think kind of asking permission for them to allow me to be open to the process mm -hmm. and them allowing me to kind of go where the research was kind of like guiding mm -hmm. us. And they gave me the space in which to do that and the autonomy mm -hmm. in which to do that. And I think that that was important that I like name that up front so that when I did 
make changes in in terms of like my my approach, I wasn't met with resistance from them right. because I was very upfront from the beginning. Like I want this to be purposeful. I want this to be impactful, yep. and I'm really focused on what's where student voice is going to take mm-hmm. me. And because I had that autonomy to be able to do that, when I changed course, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, I felt I was at liberty to do that. I just, of course, always kept in touch with all in Milwaukee and they were aware of things that were happening, how things were taking shape. And so um, I think those two things worked out really well. Not for me, it worked out well for the students because of course, right. like they were the reason why. Yep. But I think that those those gambles paid off, so to yep. speak, for me. And when you say change course, was it it was a it was a shift from or maybe a narrowing? Am I getting this right? That it was like this isn't just yeah, just kind of a broad project based on student matriculation and completion. I'm really going to focus this on student experience. Mm-hmm. It, it really narrow. I, I think what we first started off like, oh, let's just look at like what are the barriers to matriculation. Like, but it really was centering student experience and that was i guess probably more of a narrowing of the focus um that was intentional Mm -hmm. but it also held me accountable because there were so many paths of course that i could have gone down but really keeping again the students experience just became the north star for everything right how about for you lakita the when you think about the value of this project for you as a professional, for you as a person, anything stand out for you in terms of ways you changed or grew through this process? Absolutely. I think, I think about when I embarked on this new role that I'm in and leading elephants, my own personal belonging was centered Mm -hmm. and because of that, I thought about what would, what are the things that needed to be true for me to be able to thrive in a professional environment? Similarly to how I thought about my program scholars, what are the things that need to be true for them to be able to thrive? So it definitely um, changed the, the lens in which I looked at things personally and professionally. Um, also, it just made me feel responsible to create space for voices to be heard that were either traditionally marginalized, unheard, and or ignored. And so part of my work at Leading Elephants is to help organizations to think about how do you create space for people to to really thrive and be the best version of, of themselves. And a lot of that is really informed by my own personal life experience, but the very like intimate experience of going through this capstone work. Dr. Lakita McKinney, thank you so much for being with us. It was a real pleasure. It was such an honor to have an opportunity to talk about the work that I'm extremely passionate about. Well, there's plenty to notice from Lakita's project with All In Milwaukee and the key decisions she made along the way. One thing that stands out to me is the way that she moved through the process with a willingness to be flexible and found her way to student experience and student voice as the central phenomenon that needed investigation. This led to data that All in Milwaukee did not have but needed to understand the work that they were doing and take next steps in negotiating relationships with their partner universities. A huge thank you to the guests who make this show something worth listening to. Thanks to Peter Shellman for editing, mixing, and tech support. This podcast was made possible in part by a grant from Peabody College Dean's Office, for which I'm certainly grateful. 
Thanks also to the Capstone Partner Organizations, the hardworking Capstone Advisors, and Program Director Eve Rifkin, all of whom make these projects happen. And thank you for listening. Please take a moment to like, review, and share this podcast because that's the way other people are going to find it. All right. I'll see you next time, folks. I'm Michael Neal, and this is Pivot Point.